Okay, guys, we're back. Hey, what's happening, guys? Splendid Torch Podcast. We're going to cast the pod, dude. Let's cast this mother. So uh, today's Wednesday, Nogi Wednesday, which is the um, weekly recurring holiday here at McQBJJ. It is a holiday. I got to tell you, it was always a guarantee that Monday night and Wednesday night was going to be packed 50 people in the advanced pl- Easy. class. Easy. If you were to guess which class is slipping in attendance, which one would you pick? Monday. Yeah, dude. It, look, I I even hesitate to say this because every time we say it, attendance in the gi class diminishes by like 4%. <laughs> of course, I, I, I like no gi better. There, I said it. And Ricardo, my instructor, told me many, many moons ago that that would happen. Like when we were purple belts, there was just no... There was no way we could foresee a future where we didn't want to be in the gi all the time. Yes. Um, maybe it was just like a, a blankie. Like it was our like comfy blankie. I don't know. But uh, he was like, you'll see. You'll see. Because Ricardo's thing has always been, like if you don't know, Ricardo's brother, Flavio, he's like pretty much the president of Gracie Baja. Yes, Which is. is like up to, I don't know, a thousand schools. That's ridiculous. Worldwide. And super... Uh, um, good competitor like he's got a bunch of accolades yes like very well experienced tons of gold medals mostly in the gi yes. and their thing everybody would always be like oh what happens between ricardo and flavio and ricardo i'll tell you like in the gi like flavio's like a step ahead mm-hmm. you know, ricardo's no slouch you know but flavio's got a very like gi specific game with like his gripping and whatnot but ricardo would smash him in no gi smash him oh easy yeah and, you know, that's probably a function, not probably, it, it's for sure a function of the fact that Ricardo came up on their Henzo, where Flavio stayed with Gracie Baja in yes. Rio, and Henzo was an MMA guy, an MMA pioneer, yes. an, an ADCC pioneer. You know, one was him in the Sheik. Yep. Yeah, he, like, helped set up, like, yeah, the whole thing. he was the original. And, you know, Ricardo came onto the scene as, a like, an MMA guy by the time he was a brown belt, like, like you know, world-renowned. And uh, he just kind of kept going from there. So we always had it in our head that eventually we'd land on Nogi, but it was kind of presented to us as this like long meandering journey through the Gi, ending at the pot of gold of Nogi. Of Nogi, the progression. And now it's just like, yeah, that it's getting just moved closer and closer and closer and closer. Well, we know why to that the start is. Of your, why is that? What do you think it is? I mean, everybody. W- what do you think? I don't I, know. I think that there there's way more Nogi comp- competitions. It seems like. Yeah, but dude, take Tired. our school here. We've got 600 students. 50 of them might compete. Yes. But still, the majority of them are like, I'm coming to fucking, I'm not missing Wednesday. I'm yes. not missing Nogi. Yeah. I think it's mostly, most people, I think more people like to compete in Nogi. That's for just sure. Me. But you keep saying compete, but that, that's got nothing to do with the oh, vast majority. Oh, I was majority. talking about the, the overall. I think in general, I, I mean... Yeah, like maybe maybe that the fact that the jujitsu zeitgeist as a whole yes is favoring the noji for sure shifted to nogi yeah and I wonder if that's I mean Dude, you have to think just even like if you're a white belt you're going on Instagram and you're following and like you're, BJJ yes. heroes and yeah. like and all the crap exactly and it's all nogi. it's all nogi yeah. all of it yeah I and I, I think that has a major impact on the school and we I mean look I mean we have just the the fever that takes place on a Wednesday when you go, man, it's no gi. Yeah. You know, it's going to be packed. And maybe it's the picture after with the soupy mats and stuff like That's, that. People, you got to earn that, that picture. You got to earn that picture. But it's also, I think there's something to it. I think, just think there's something to that. And the fact that it's Wednesday, like if we did no gi on Monday, I think it would be a really good class. But I don't know if it'd be the same. There's only one way to find out. We might have to do it on a Monday. An and A-B split test. There you go. As they do. Every other yeah, week, shake it up. Look, I, I agree with you. The whole, like, you know, the zeitgeist thing shifting towards Nogi. I think a little bit of, like, our uh, modern pop culture and the view of the McDojo. And, like, we kind of scoff. Everybody kind of scoffs at, like, the karate people, karate chopping in the air. And they're all yeah. wearing geese. And maybe there is like some distancing from that, like like people feel weird in a gi. I don't know if that's it. I love the I tradition of the I gi. Do too. I, I just, do too. I just do. I mean, I, I, dude, Glenn, you saw Glenn's video, right? Yeah, amazing. If you guys haven't seen Glenn's uh, interview, Juliana cut it down to like the best fifteen minutes. I think I'm gonna release the entire half hour. I would love to see. just as an audio on here on the podcast because he gets pretty metaphysical. He's as Glenn does. I've always since he came over, I've 
always enjoyed just talking to Jim. Yeah. Like when uh, Jack and Alec were training up at headquarters with uh, Tyler, he and I would just sit there and talk for like an hour and a half as they the kids were going through the rounds with the with Tyler yeah. on Saturdays, and it was always just an incredible conversation. I mean, it's, he, he's he's a wise man. He's a very wise, and he's very well thought and articulate. Well, one of the things about Jim Glenn is he, uh, you know, he's been like an executive headhunter since college yeah. so he never really got pulled into any sort of like uh let's call it soul crushing system <laughs> like an occupation that's just gonna suck the fucking life out of yeah. him you know so he's always been kind of like counterculture in his thinking and you know which is a weird dichotomy because he's always been in like traditional martial arts yes. which is very structured now what i wanted to say about his video he's got a portion in it where he talks about putting on the gi and he talks about it in the context of like in 1983 or whatever, mm -hmm. when he first first put on the gi and the idea of like this transformation that happens, which hits home for us because one of our one of the pillars of us as like an instructor team is become, behave, believe, belong. Yes. And the first step towards you know assimilating somebody into the tribe and like getting somebody to see themselves as a martial artist is the first B, which is become. Yes. And there's a lot of ways somebody can become a martial artist, but, but what's the, first the easiest way, and most powerful? Put it on the gi. You put on the gi. Yeah. You put on the gi. Whereas if you come in and your first day, like we we really try to not have people take their intro lesson there's on no Wednesday. Gi. Yeah. And it's not because we don't think we can handle like teaching complex. Jiu-jitsu is complex. Yeah. We can. And like, you know, you guys that teach Wednesday night fundamentals, the fundies as we've labeled it. Fundies? You guys nail it, of course. But that idea of becoming is way more transformative when you tie a belt around your waist yes. than when you throw on a rash guard. Yes. You know? And Glenn just articulates it beautifully. And, it you know, it just resonated. Like, holy shit, become, behave, which behave, of course, is if you're trying to believe that you're a martial artist, What's the best way to do it? Behave like one. Yeah. And what's the best way to behave like a martial artist? You take a martial arts class. Exactly. So you're halfway through your first class and you're doing like mount escapes. You're behaving like a martial artist. Yeah. And then after you've done it and you're like sitting, standing on the edge of the mat, looking back at the, the training floor, you believe that you're a martial artist. Yeah. Why? You just did it. You just did it. Yeah. The proof is right there. Proof like, is in your Right action. next to Vandenberg's puddle <laughs> is the spot where you were just... Yeah. Training, albeit it's probably dry. And then what happens when you do all those things? Well, you belong. You belong. You belong. And yeah. it's as simple as that. And, you know, I can't ever get away from the, the fact that it all starts when you tie that white belt. I think that's the, it's obviously the first step. The first step. And I think when people originally, for the most part, I would think the majority of the people that come in, for whatever reason, they come in. They, they don the gi, and no gi is kind of foreign to them, unless they wrestled, unless they wrestled. I think yeah. no gi, what's this no gi? And then, you know, they, you know how it happens. I mean, it's no, we all know. People come in, maybe, they're, you know, they're getting their feet wet for a little bit. Then they start hearing the conversations in the advanced class, and they talk about all these magical, mythical techniques, and, oh, there's an event this weekend, and somebody goes on YouTube to see the tech, to see whatever, and they're going, Oh my God, look at all this Nogi stuff. And the truth is, it looks very different. It's a different, it's, it's a different it's a sport. Well, you also have I, to I keep always, in mind. I always say it like that. I say jujitsu and the gi is the art. Jujitsu and Nogi is the sport. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. Here's something we have to acknowledge, especially the last five years. I think there'd still be a shift towards Nogi. But the way Nogi looks and the way people see it and try to mimic it and interpret it has completely changed because of one thing, the new rule set of yeah. sub only. Yeah. Sub only completely flipped the the aesthetics of jujitsu on yeah. its friggin' yeah, right yeah. on its head. So it should look the same. And our fundamentals program and even even our advanced, because if Ricardo walked in and he saw me like just we're just sitting back on like inside heel hooks like parent those. <laughs> he would probably just like huh, and like walk back out. He'd be yeah. fucking furious with yeah, me. Yeah. And uh, I I think in the long term it doesn't serve us very well because you know we get stars in our eyes when when we see somebody just like invert into a heel hook and the match is over. Look how good I am. 
that's why I'm kind of appreciative every two years when ADCC comes around because yeah. you can't you don't see that shit. Yes. You don't see that. You saw it once yeah. when Gordon did it to that poor guy in like 11 seconds. <laughs> but aside from that, what did you see? Jiu-jitsu. Position. Positional dominance. dominance yeah. And the positional dominance opened up the back exposure. Exactly. And that there is the foundation of jiu-jitsu. It is. And I never want to get away from that. And and when and somebody goes online. I think it would be online, a total disservice if we did. Well, we'd be fucking people up. Yeah, it, would be, it wouldn't do them any good. No. No, because even if, whatever you're here for. Mm-hmm. Whether it's getting in shape or self-defense. Growth. Growth. All these things. It, I'm not saying that sitting on legs is a shortcut. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It is. It is. Does it require immense skill? Absolutely. But yeah. it's not the same thing. You're not really learning how to control a human being. Yeah. You're not really diving into like the fire that forges your character. Exactly. And when somebody you know tries to take something from you, you're not really going to be in that strong of a position to stop them. Yes, and because uh, I, I I think we've all seen it, where you get guys that they're quote unquote leg lock specialists, and they go up against somebody that has leg lock defense, but good jujitsu in general. Yeah. It never, it decent, doesn't. Decent jujitsu. Decent I mean, jujitsu in their dude, positional game is really strong. That's why they're getting to the back. Now, Gordon doesn't fall on the foot all the time. He started never. off as a leg locker. I mean, quote, no, unquote, Gordon, of the Gordon started out as a back taker. Yes, but you, he then was the phase, the EBI stuff, where it was always, it was all, oh, got to get to the legs, got to yeah. get to the legs. And I don't know, I think it was more uh, Gary and Eddie Cummings and, uh, you know, it was Calistan. mostly Eddie Cummings. Yes, and it was that whole Even thing. Even Gary wasn't really just sitting no. on legs. He was doing, no, it, weird, he was doing crazy other, scrambles. Yeah. He was still the most fun watch in jiu-jitsu. Well, what's Gordon doing now? He's just dominance. Yeah, but positional dominance. He's I mean, not even go a little bit deeper. How is he? How is he finishing the highest level guys? Like with a smother tap. Yeah, he, he grinds them out. Smothering exactly. And uh, you see that video of Al with Curtatus this morning? No, I didn't see. Oh it. God! Look, we don't like doing this on on air. <laughs> like it just if anything uh, epitomizes what the hell I'm talking. Oh, there's Flavio in a gi right now. There you go. Um. Siri about that, guys. Siri. Yeah, just wait till you see what Al's doing up for Kutatis. But it, it just kind of exemplifies what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the best thing about yeah, Al is how, how, you know how he sweats in your face the whole time? Yeah. Watch Al's eyeballs. He's suffering more than Kutatis because <laughs> so much sweat is going into his eyes. <laughs> He's doing the blink, blink. He looks like a dog who's out back taking a, like, peeing in the yeah. rain and the rain's in his eyes. And, and it's, it's the wind's <laughs> blowing on him. <laughs> but, yeah, but this is that's it. This is yeah. what we can't get away from. And, and, and I know what you're thinking. He's huge. He's strong. He's no, a black belt. Yeah, but you. It worked. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I do it all the I time. I do it to guys bigger Ex- than That him. exact position right there. Yeah. I love it. So if you're it's just listening, guys, if you haven't seen the video, you know, Al's mounted poor Curtatus. And I think Al does this to Curtatus more than anybody. Because he's up and coming. Well, there's that. And I think it's just it's just kind of become their thing. Yeah. Like, I think Al just likes to to smother him. But he's in the mount, and he's got, like, double underhooks under the elbows. Yep. He's walking Curtatus' hands up to his ears. Like, yep. bun, like Curtatus is giving himself bunny ears. Um, but that's right there, the epitome of control. Yeah. That's self-control and the control of another human. That doesn't go out of style. No, that's never effective will. across all rule sets. Yes. That's what we don't want to get away from. No, and and I think that the uh, getting away from I, I don't want to say, and it sounds bad when I say it, and I don't mean it in a negative context, but the flashy, flashy stuff. Yeah, because it, it's I don't know how how that will sustain you long-term as much as learning to control another human, learning to control another human that is fighting back. Well, when you learn how to control the human, you still have space and bandwidth to for do the flashy, the flashy. Stuff. Yes. But if you're only investing in the flashy, flashy, if that what fails you, you, yes, you're then screwed. You're sitting there, you know, yeah. With and, nothing. and that's the way I look at it. Let's, you know, there's a caveat, of course, at the end of the day, this could, you could just be here to have fun. Like yes. it literally could just be, I enjoy trying flashy, flashy. Yeah, that's, there's nothing wrong. You, with that. Hey, but you're probably like one in a hundred. Yes. So don't let that one in a hundred convince you that the flashy, flashy, as I guess we're gonna coin that, 
is the way to go. That is the technical term in Webster's online flashy, dictionary. Flashy, flashy, flashy. Picture somebody doing an MNR, Ross doing an MNR roll. <laughs> is that what that, I thought it was kicking, a seizure. Muay Thai kicking uh, <laughs> PJ right in his skull. <laughs> Busting him open. <laughs> um, that, that's a good segue to the, not, not the skull That's kick. a great segue. <laughs> this is a good segue. Um, one of the parents, Melissa was in the lobby the other day, and one of the parents of a kid who's, he's only been training like two or three weeks. And of course the parent was really excited about the program and yeah. like kids doing great. But he's, he's watching them train like live position on the end of the class. He's like, well, I got to ask you though, when's he going to start like, like remembering everything? Like it really, he's asking about like retention and skill yeah. acquisition. He was like, when's he going to start remembering stuff? Like his, some days we'll go home and he can kind of like show me what he learned. And, but a lot of times he kind of just forgets it. And, uh, you know, Melissa gave a, a good answer, but I wanted to just talk about that because it, it's, it applies to the kids and the adults and the adults, especially yeah. the adults. I'd say it. I say what we the say it all the time. Program, like, yeah. look, you're not look at when you go to the car today, you're going to sit down, turn the car on and you're going to go, what the fuck did, did we, just we just do? do? What the hell did we just do? <laughs> you got to understand. And, and this is important for the parents watching the kids, because I think the adults, when they go to their car, they'll realize they, they don't remember or retain most of the stuff. Some like, you know, for a few weeks at a time. But they're more forgiving. Whereas when we're watching our kids, like with Scar, I'm like, do the triangle. I showed it to you when you were four. <laughs> what are you doing? We did the triangle when, you know, during lockdown. What are you thinking? <laughs> Where, you know, I'd be way more forgiving for myself. Um, dude, we're painting in broad strokes. Yeah. We're, the first thing that you're going to learn when you're coming in as a, as a white belt, like as a kid or an adult, is, is just basic body positioning. And it's not even like, it's gonna go in this order. You're just gonna learn body positioning first. Because yeah. a lot of what we do, it's gonna be the first time you've ever put your body in these positions, unless you have like an older brother. Yes. And then once you start to really understand how it feels to be in certain body positions, how it feels to like, you know, distribute your weight in certain ways, mm -hmm. then you're gonna start to understand the hierarchy of position and like how certain values are assigned to different positions. You're gonna start understanding the interplay between side control and the mount, mm -hmm. or the mount and the back, or the guard and the back, or takedowns and things like that. You're yeah. gonna to start to like recognize the interplay and the value between the different positions. Then you're gonna to start to have enough control of yourself and another person to isolate a limb or two. Yeah. And it starts with a key lock. Yeah. First thing you're gonna learn how to Gay, do is day one. Yeah, yeah first thing one. you're gonna learn how to do is like kind of put your body weight in a way to hold somebody down. That's gonna take you like a few weeks. Some kids, some are gonna walk in right off the bat and just kind of hold it. somebody yeah. down. A lot of these kids, man, and if you think about it, a lot of people bring their kids in because the kid needs it. Why do they need it? Because they're not coordinated. Maybe they they're not good at football. You know, maybe they're not like good at playing with the kids in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So they got some building to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're learning how to control their body. Then they're learning how to control another body. Then they've got enough wherewithal where they're not so focused about not just getting flipped over, they could hit a key lock. Yes. And then everything starts to slow down. Yeah. But man, that takes a, a couple months. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. I've said it after the fundamentals class where, you know, for whatever the position is or going whatever series is, we'll say a half guard. For whatever reason, half guard seems very unnatural to a lot of people. And I say to him, I said, guys, don't worry about it. In about 36 weeks when you've done this a second time yeah. and through the curriculum, you're going to go, oh, I get it. I got it. And that would be the frame on the hip. How important framing on the hip is. It took you 36 weeks to understand that. Yeah. And the reason being is when you're, especially when you're new, you know, you're, you're coming in, you're like, you're a fresh palate. You're just white, you know. You're getting ready to learn how to paint pictures, and you got this clean piece of canvas in front of you. You're kind of just staring at it, going, "Now what do I do with the canvas?" You're just learning, dude. Really you're learning is, how to that, strokes. That you're, blank canvas represents your brain in a live situation. Exactly. There's nothing there. Yeah. It's I, I, like it's like I just did this. Why am I completely blank right exactly. now? Exactly. And a lot of that is, and we've said it before, is the repetition. That's that's what it is. Repetition is the key. If if you're not consistently using this repetitive uh, 
positioning and drilling and like well, just like knee slide guard pass, you know, the knee knee cut. You're doing a knee cut. If you've never done it, you're face planting half the time. Yeah. Oh my God, well, I, I led with my head. You don't even understand weight distribution. You don't understand it. And the, the taking the concept and you're seeing it as we present it and then doing it on your own, it's just like when your dad rides the bike and says, Here, now you go, Junior. Yeah. And then, you know, why am I why is he bleeding? Well, it just <laughs> doesn't you're work. Because you're a bad parent. You pushed you took him to the big hill to drive him down. Dude, I, I was on I was listening to you know how Show Your Roll does like the The tapes. What are those called? I don't know, but they're awesome. Like the call in for the <laughs> for show your roll. I love them. And I hate them. And I think they do that on purpose. Like <laughs> you I think one sometimes not too long they, I share them all like if yeah. they're ridiculous, I share them. If they're spot on, I'll share them. But one was particularly um, infuriating because he put up, well, two of them were really bad, but one of them was um, talking about like wrestling. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw this one. He was like a purple belt and he, he was like a D1 wrestler. He's like, man, I get pissed when everybody like puts in the group or whatever. Come in Tuesday night, we're going to work on, we're going to work takedowns. Like we're going to work takedowns. We're going to practice takedowns. And he goes, you can't, you don't practice takedowns. You got to just wrestle. You got to like, you got to wrestle and you got to chain wrestle. You got to put it all together. I'm like, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. That's this. That's like saying the only way to learn how to shoot a gun is to get into a firefight in Fallujah. <laughs> like get the, the only way to learn how to throw a punch is to get into a boxing ring. Yeah. Shut the, what the fuck are you yeah. talking about? That's true. You have to like, imagine if in the white belt class, we were like, all right guys, takedowns go live. Like you got what figure it one? out, figure <laughs> it out. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta grease the grooves. Yeah, you, do. you gotta form like like movement patterns. Yeah. You gotta understand mechanics. You dumbass. <laughs> now, once you've done that dozens and dozens and dozens of times, then maybe we can introduce you to some live takedown situations. Yes. You dumbass. Yeah, that's like you know this guy wrestled in college. Awesome. I will guillotine you, friend. First off, <laughs> I'm pissed. So he. It's like when he came in as a white belt, I, I get it. You wrestled in college. All right, play guard. Ready? This is how you learn guard now, friend. Yeah. I'm on top of you and your guard. Ready? Go. How is that going to go? Not well. Do you want wrestler? Well, it's, first off, he's a turtle on his back. He's freaking it's out. Gonna, and the it, only thing he'll do successfully is maybe wrestle up. Yeah. Maybe do a technical lift and come up. Maybe. Maybe. I bet he won't. He won't. But I'm saying, it's. is he going to learn how to do an arm bar that way? Nope. Is he going to learn a triangle? No. Of course not. No. Of course not. And, you know, I bring that up for two reasons. Because, one, if I didn't get that out, I'd probably have an aneurysm, <laughs> clearly. Two, it's if you're a white belt listening to this, I, I know for some of you guys you're chomping at the bit. And I get it. I get it. And I, I just want to remind you, the, the only way to, like, mastery is to understand the mechanics of these techniques. Yeah. And it takes a lot longer than, than you realize. And one of the things that we do at the end of every class is we do live positional training. So if, you, if we're working guard submissions that week, we're going to go live for two minutes on top, two minutes on bottom at the end of the class, whether it's your first day or your three-stripe white belt. And we do that for a few reasons. One, it's because we want to, you know, cement what you did that day because maybe you will be able to understand how to hit it live. Yes. But two, it's kind of, it's to give you a taste we're trying to give you a taste. It's yeah. it's a, a good glimpse. reminder of what you don't really know. A glimpse. Yeah. It, maybe it's going to make you appreciate the drilling portion more. Like, yep. oh, shit, okay, back to the drawing board. Um, it's going to show you, like, where all the holes are and what you're doing. But I got to tell you, like, a lot of places don't even let people go live like that until they're, like, two or three stripe white belts. It's just, it's such an important part. I've of seen the do. other side of it where it's like, all right, have fun. Go buck wild. Buck wild. Yeah, dude. Like I saw that you shared a video, you and Brian over at UFC gym. Yeah, and he looked like that was his first class. I think it was his first class. And what the hell were you guys doing? I mean, luckily it was you. You were kind of. Yeah. I think you were trying I was, to help. I him. was helping him. But they were like, "All right, train. Yeah, go live." And you see guys on the wall. They're doing MMA and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's you know why I, one of the reasons why I left was yeah it wasn't a structured program and you weren't around. And then when you came around. It was obvious. Yeah, it was obvious. It was six months later. Kill me every <laughs> time. You know. I, know. I and, know. And I regret it that I didn't that I'll, day. I'll never let it go. Up. I know you will. Um, and I, I earned that badge. We talk, I think we talked about this, but Hodger being on Lex Friedman's podcast, you got to listen to it on like 1.5 because both of them, they both talk 
Very slow. But he was talking about the idea of drilling. And what Hodger says goes. There's no way around it. Um, He thought, like, drilling is ridiculous. He's like, that's silly. But he he misspoke because right after that he was like, you drill until you understand understand the mechanics. Oh, that's really, that's a big difference between yeah. drilling is stupid and you drill until you understand the mechanics. That's what we're doing. Like in the first, it's not even, it's not even 45 minutes of drilling. We do a warm up. We do live position at the end. I talk way too much. <laughs> so really there's like 15 minutes in the class the where you're, you're drilling techniques yeah. and you're only drilling up to the point where you understand the mechanics. Yes. Understand the mechanics. Understand the four steps it takes to lock it in and understand the finish and finishing mechanics, whether it's an, a sweep or a submission, guard pass, whatever. All those have a finishing movement yes. and a mechanic. Once you understand that, you look at the clock, oh shit, there's only seven minutes left in class yeah. and I'm standing over by the timer. Okay, guys, high ranks on bottom, low yeah. ranks are on top. Yeah. Apply those mechanics. That's what we do. That's, that's our teaching methodology and our yeah. training philosophy well it, it seems to work works pretty damn well i think i would say so and it i the breakdown and i remember you telling us that very early on the the four break it down into fours break everything down into fours it's easy that's straight from henzo it's, yeah it's henzo more, was like one of the first guys to start it's that. more easily retainable if you break it down into fours and you keep the the movements in the in the bunches of the four to fit in, to get you to, to the finish. Because if you're going to do a 10-stepper, you know, what was seven? That's like how the Mendez brothers do it. It takes 12 minutes to break down a technique. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I mean, again, I, I don't go to AOJ, so I don't know. But I, Look, they're incredible, but they're keep in mind, I, I'm, I'm glad I learned this because I used to compare, like, our kids' program to theirs. If you guys don't know, like the Mendez brothers at Art of Jiu-Jitsu, AOJ, They've got the most dominant kids program. Like, their their nine-year-olds can move like they can. Yes. But then you realize, like, oh, none of the kids go to school. <laughs> That's all they do. Seriously. They, yeah. All they do is train literally all day, and they recruit them from all over the world. Yes. Like, so it's literally, like. It's different. It's a different thing. Yeah. It's and, Alabama. And that's that's it's not Alabama what I want, football. dude. Like, yeah. I don't want. Why to, would you do that? I'm not preparing my kids to hit a barambolo in, in like, Naga. Yeah. I'm, I'm preparing them for. Life. I'm trying to build will and skill. Yeah. Will and skill. Better that, humans. That's something I was thinking about this morning, dude. Like the idea behind our program. What are we trying to do? We're trying to accomplish two things, will and skill. Mm-hmm. We're trying to build up your will and your skill. Now, which one's more important? What do you think? I guess it's the will. Yeah, that's, but you need a lot of skill. A little bit of both. Yeah, you do. 100%. So if you look at it like this, let's take a kid, a hypothetical kid, and, and you could probably name a couple, right? We won't, but you yeah. probably could. Where, like, if they have, like, that meter we always talk about, like, the Madden meter when you're going to make, a like, an athlete, mm-hmm. you're only allotted, like, 100 units. Yes. You could do 100 skill and zero will. Now, here's the deal. That's going to lend itself to some fireworks. Yeah. You're going to see some crazy stuff. But if there's no will, when that crazy stuff in the first 30 seconds doesn't work. They quit. They quit. Yeah. They quit. You need to have the will. They quit, dude. That's why, you know what? That's why, of all people... Skylar Nachersky is everyone's kryptonite. Yes. Kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Nobody can beat her up. No. And she usually, by the time the bell rings, she's in a dominant position. Yes. Why is that? She's willing to get after the will she's part. Got the is skill, just, yeah. She's got skill, too. Oh, she does have a lot of she's skill. She's very skillful. Yes. And the things that she's good at, she's really good at it. Yeah. But her, it's the will that makes her just, you can't put her away. Nope. She's so scrappy. Yeah. And that, especially if the other person doesn't have like an overwhelming amount of skill to to the point where they're going to catch her in 30 seconds, oh man, you're in for a long round. And even then, like I've seen her go with like some of the other students that are, yeah, you know, and she is. That real. have will, they just don't have the same amount of yeah. will as she does. I, I would say she's, she's all, she's guts. She's she like is, she's right there at the top. Oh, one hundred percent power. And again, I, I think we've we've both dude like Keno's up there. Keno, yeah, uh, I always no quit him. Ed Chalk is up there. Yes, Ryan and, Terry. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of the. I wish Ryan wasn't so damn good. Yes, like I don't really. We don't get to put him in positions too often, where we could see how how deep his his will well go. Say that yeah. five times fast. Will well will well will well. will, 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 will. <laughs> 
we you know we don't know like we've seen him bounce back like that last tournament he did i wasn't there but you guys told me yeah. all about it like came out super nervous like the kid <laughs> every massive he, he was white as the driven snow throwing up all morning yep. i'm sure i've seen him projectile vomit onto onto the competition floor <laughs> acting like it wasn't him i'm like right we all we all knows it. you it went five feet out and it's still on your chin <laughs> he's like no what do you mean what do you mean uh and then he gets out the jitters and it's like oh wow yeah. Whoa. So like the last time he competed, he lost like a tough match. She was really freaking good too. I'm sure if he went with the same girl again, he would just he, he would just destroyed her. If the first match was the second match would have been a different outcome. Yeah. 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 Um, that's good for him. Like I I want that kind of stuff to happen. I talked to his dad about it. Like I, I want him to get into positions where he's not coming out on top. Yeah. Because that's one of the few times he has to dig into that will well. The will well. Will well. Will well. Will well. Will well. Will well. Um but that's really what. Why we're do I feel for? like Elmer Fudd when I say well, that? Well, 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 well go hunting rabbits. <laughs> uh, we're really getting profound here today on the Splendid Torch podcast. And another thing I was thinking about is um, the fact that yeah, we're trying to, we're not trying to build will and skill. We're trying to cultivate yes will and skill, and there's a huge difference there. And I, I really like the. Like cultivate is way more, it's more accurate, but it's also more like powerful than the idea that we're building, because mm -hmm. it's not as simple as we're building. And and here's like a like a, an analogy. Like here's some visualization to help explain my point. If I'm building, like say I'm building like a shed in the backyard, I'll go out there with some like very like uh, tangible materials, right? Like I've got like two by fours, I've got like nails, I've got my hammer, yep. and I build a foundation, and then I, I'm done for the day. I go inside, I live my life, I come out the next day, even if it rained, snowed, whatever, it's there. The foundation's ready for me to keep building. I get the two by four. So I, you know, I put up like the frames, I leave for the day, I come, it's still there. And something can come up, I leave it for, for a season and I didn't finish the shed, it's still there. I'm gonna come back and finish it, right? And it's very concrete, it's very, it's very tangible, it's sturdy. Let's think about a garden. You have to cultivate a garden. Yes. You have to tend to the soil. Maintenance. It's a very organic thing. Like you have to make sure like. You got to water it so it stays. Man, you got to pull the weeds. Yeah. You got to look out for varmints. You know what I mean? Like. You mean you, like wabbits? Yeah, wabbits. <laughs> you got to you gotta really take care of it. It takes a whole lot more careful attention mm -hmm. than does something that's a little bit more mechanical. Yes. Like building a shed. I agree. So why do I say cultivating will and skill? Because what happens if you don't, for the, the skill and will that we cultivate, that we've, we've built, what happens if we pay it no mind for a little while? It's gonna die. It's slippery, yeah. it slips. Yeah. What happens if, as we're cultivating will, we allow those, uh, those wabbits into our rascally mind? Yeah, wabbits. Those rascally wabbits. <laughs> what happens to our, our will? Like it slips, man, yeah. and here's a good example. Here's a good example. I'm in bottom mount, Al's on top of me, my elbows are up by my ears and he's sweating in my mouth. What thoughts are creeping into my head? It's okay to tap, this yeah. sucks, it's okay to know, everybody would understand, he's a black belt, I get me out of here, get me out of here, get her. yeah. and I tap. This is all hypothetical, I've never done that by the way. I know. But what happens next time? It's easier. Yeah, there's wascally wabbits, they're yeah. in the garden, dude. Yeah, they're eating it. your carrots. Yep. So it's a lot different, man. Whereas, like, if you you built the shed and a groundhog might dig underneath, but who gives a shit? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's a very big difference. It is. It, it's it. I mean, it takes a lot of it takes a lot of maintenance. It takes a lot of care. Thank God. Yes. Thank God. It makes it worthwhile. It makes yeah. it. It makes it. Make it. It really puts it all in a perspective. It makes you have to. You have to realize that it takes a lot of work. It's well, that's the good news. Here's the good news, Pete. Like, you're right. The good news is we're trying to build, cultivate will and skill. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. So, to, like, if, if, you're, if, we're, if we're developing your willpower on a daily basis, but you have no natural talent for the most part, I have no talent. I know. You have to bring it up to everybody <laughs> on a freaking podcast. What's going to happen if you just do not give up? If you are just gritty, you per, you know how to persevere, yeah. you're just not going to give up. You are just 100% willpower. What's going to happen eventually? You're going to develop skill. Yes. And likewise, like if you are just 
hell-bent on being the best in the room. Mm-hmm. You want that skill. And you have the aptitude for it. And like you just, you're a sponge and you soak everything up and, and like you're just going after acquiring that skill. And every Randori round, you're like, I'm gonna hit the move of the day. I'm gonna hit the move of the day because I, I, I'm building this skill. Well, what's happening along the way? Yeah. You're, you're building your will. You're building your will. Yeah. You're showing up day in, day, day in and day out because you're trying to build this skill. Yes. They go hand in hand. And thank God because that's really my, what I've been doing these days is I'm trying to boil things down. To like, you know, their fundamental level. Because for a lot of reasons, you know a lot more than our listeners do, but like we're trying to codify what we do. Yes. And the more we do that, the better we get at it, mm-hmm. which is an added benefit. But we can also like train people a lot better to you be able to really make it good repeatable it. and shareable. There you go. And, and better. And better. Exactly. Constant improvement. And when you boil things down to will and skill, dude, it's, I think that's it. There's not much more, right? Will, skill, grit, tribe, we're done. Yeah. And you can unpack all those things. And it's not, it's a lot deeper than that. Of I course. Mean, we both know that that's a lot deeper than that. And it's it does, it's not just throwing the words out there. There's there's tremendous value behind it. It's just them. these, the words are so powerful. They are powerful. And that's. They that's, say so much, you know? Yes. Yeah, I think I, everybody could be rolling their freaking eyes at this. Huh? Oh, everybody bad. probably just jumped over to the Rogan podcast. <laughs> Find out about this Chinese balloon thing. That was pretty interesting. <laughs> That's weird, dude. It was, it was in weird. like Japan and India too. I don't know. Yeah, no, it was, was over it? like four different countries. Did you see the German one? No, <laughs> I'll send you to. It's a meme. It's hilarious. Oh, no, it's basically like a mug of beer. I uh, say the Germans. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, being able to put it in yeah. keywords. You know what I mean? Keyword. Things that just like evoke motion, emotion. Exactly. And uh, just get the point across as, as succinctly as possible. Now, Everybody here's the good knows news. what will is. Here's the good news. Jiu-Jitsu does all the heavy lifting. Exactly. I say, I say that a lot. Damn. And all the time. At yeah. least three times a week. And we literally could just teach classes. And as long as we're teaching good classes, all this shit's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yes. It's just when you do it like with intent. It's more effective, more efficient, and it happens a lot faster. It does. And that's where we're at, dude. I, and I, you know, the staff knows that when, when we instruct a class, our goal is to provide you those tools so that you are improving. Yeah. Improving your skill. And the fact that you're in is showing that you had the will to be there. You had the will to put forth the effort. That doesn't mean one class a week is going to get you to where you need to be. Oh, no. And it, no, and, I think and, people realize that pretty quickly. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's one of the, uh, the beautiful things of jujitsu. There is, we go. There it is. There it is. I, I had to throw it out there. Is that it behooves you? Oh, look at that. To come to class more often. Well, find good, a dude, way. If you hear this shit all the time. Yeah. You, you teach more fundies than I do, but. I, I like that one of the things that we have here is all of you guys know if somebody's here for their first class, I don't care if I'm in the middle of teaching like an arm bar to the advanced class, yep. you come and get me. Yeah. Because I want to meet them. And I always ask them the same thing. When are you coming back? Yeah. And like nine times out of 10, tomorrow. 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 Yeah. Which I appreciate your enthusiasm. You know, that's awesome. But let's also remember you're starting from scratch. Yes. You're, you're not going to be able to really move very well tomorrow. We're gonna, no. Maybe I'll see you on Wednesday. Yeah. But I, I hope to see you very soon. With yeah. like next couple hours, next yeah. forty eight hours. You know, there you get your day of rest to come back in, and you know, then you have you know, kind of like I was. I was like, just pull myself out of bed. Yep. Time to go train. Time to go train. And you know, that that is what it is. But it's it's more. I think it's, you know, our intent, and we've said it is. It's not us getting you to blue belt. It's about getting you to black belt. Well, and yes. Beyond. And how is and that? And that is our though? goal. It takes a. It's we're investing in you guys. You know, we. Yeah, for sure. By we invest our. What do you want to call it? Our emotion, our being into you. We're trying to provide you everything that we can to help guide you to to pave that path for you. That to give you those little, even if it's a little, it doesn't even have to be technical or technique. It could be just that word of encouragement to say, look. Just leg it out, man. You're right yeah, there. And uh, along with encouragement. the encouragement, the encouragement is, is huge. And the motivation and inspiration, 
all the, we've talked about like the the um, influence continuum a whole yes. bunch. Really, what we're doing is <clears throat> we're helping to to teach you how to acquire these skills and tools. Yes. To be the type of person who can make and keep promises to themselves, to show up when they want themselves to, to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. That's that's the rarity. That's yes. really like, how am I going to get you to black belt? It's not really just going to be me motivating you. You have to become like a self-sustaining person exactly. who can who can like make these long-term commitments. Yes. It's fucking hard. That's really the hardest thing. Because I mean, I mean, we help you out by creating the environment to be as like welcoming and inclusive yeah. as possible. Like yes. we we assimilate you into the tribe as much as we can, and like you said, we invest in you as much as we can. Like yeah. to the point where when somebody quits, what do we say? That we got fired. Yes. When somebody quits, it's not like oh yeah, he's got shit. It's going a slap on our face. Could we well, talk it's, about it? It's I got fired, yeah. and it, and the and immediately it's not like oh that person's weak. It's how did I fuck how up? How did I fail? How did I fail this person? And it, we, I know we take it personal, big yeah. time, big time. And it's, man, I, I, it's the worst feeling in the world. It sucks. Especially when you have, you know, any student, and again, I don't care if you have skill, you're an athlete, you're not an athlete. I want to see you get your black belt. Yeah. And when you walk away, I'm like, God damn it, man, what a shame. Well, dude, well, we what say did this I a do? lot because we know what... We know what you can be and how your life can be if you get your black belt. I was talking to the level three kids about this yesterday, and because uh, they always give me like pretty good answers, man. And like we we have such a strong relationship because I've known these kids like yeah. like Victoria. I, I've known her since she was like four years old. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So I'm I ask them. I say this. I'm like, guys, look, I've been doing this a long time, and like I know the deal. Like I know that in a lot of cases you guys behave a certain way here at the academy yeah. on the mat and a different way when you're at home or at school. That was a great talk about it. And I'm like, I'm like, Josh, where do you spend most of your time? He's like, honestly, at school. I was like, right. And then where do you go? He's like, home. I'm like, you're home more. It's just you're sleeping all the time. Yeah. And then you guys come here. And the truth is, if I see you a lot, it's like three hours a week. Yes. And I know the deal. When you guys are here, generally, you're on your best behavior. So mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, I'm getting the best version of you when you're on the mat. Yes. And that means there's two versions of you, right? Because I hear from your parents and I hear it all the time. Like, oh, I can't get them to do this. Or or when I tell the parents, like, oh, man, the kid's like the most focused kids I, kid I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, maybe you could get them to pay attention at home. Like, we hear <laughs> yeah. that all the time. <coughs> and hopefully, like, that is happening a little bit more than yeah. if, if they weren't training. But here's the deal. This is what I challenge the kids with. I, like, I know that there's a on-the-mat version of you and an off-the-mat version of you. What do you think the challenge is? What do you think I'm challenging you to do? And they all knew. Yeah. Make it the same person. Yeah. Make it the same person. And the adults, like when you guys hear us talk about jujitsu changing your life and the jujitsu transformation and how it's going to make you better off the mat, you might roll your eyes at that. And you might think, like, that's kind of corny. But it shouldn't be. No. It shouldn't be. Like, who you are here is what? You're somebody who shows up, which is the hardest part. You're somebody who's considerate of the people around you. You're somebody who can buy into something bigger than yourself and trust the process. You're somebody who can put forth a tremendous amount of effort. You're somebody who can overcome seemingly insurmountable obstacles to acquire worthwhile skills yes you're somebody who can go into the fire and fight your way through you're somebody who understands the dichotomy of heaven and hell at the same time yes you're somebody who understands that the deeper you go into hell the more heaven you can attain what do i mean by that the harder you train the more you want to fucking die yeah but who do you become having done that you understand the value of chaos and order one foot in chaos one foot in order yeah i can go on and on and on but if you go to your car and all that shit is left behind you in the academy, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. What the hell are you doing? Now you're, look, you're a little bit healthier physically for having been training and you're way more uh, capable of defending you and your family if the fit hit the shan, as you like to say. Yes, sir. But you're leaving so much on the table. Just yes. strive to be the same person on the mat and off, or at least try to bring those two together gaps closer. Yeah. I, and, you know, you talk about it, the jujitsu lifestyle. I think it's more taking on that martial artist life, the Musashi. The, yes. I, I think that the path where every, you know, everything you do is towards improving everything. Yeah. So 
you can't just do it on the mat. You're only here all an paths. Hour, an hour and two. Hour or two. At best two hours. Yeah. You know, depending on how many rolls you get after class, and that's more the advanced class. Everything you do should be aimed at not just improving your jujitsu, but improving your life. Absolutely. You know? And it's a full time job. Yeah, and then the goal is you you you're trying to own enough of yourself that you could give some away. Like I was down in Jacksonville for that like business seminar, all martial arts school owners. I was the only jujitsu guy there, as always. And uh, I'm looking around at all these guys, and they they're all f- uber successful. They own a bunch of schools, yeah. you know, tons of students. They're they're doing great. But I'm realizing like, for some reason, jujitsu guys don't kick around the term martial artist as much as those these other guys yes. do. Like there's a jujitsu, there's a karate guy, taekwondo guy, uh, like a like just some weird ass shit, <laughs> you know, like the guy with the ponytail and the flavor saver with the nunchucks in his pocket. <laughs> just there's some weird stuff. You see some weird stuff, kung fu guy, you know. Yeah. You know, weird stuff, man. All has value. Just my opinion is not nearly as much as what we provide. Yes. But. You know, when you when you spend the weekend with these people, you start to realize, like, I start to realize, like, I'm not like them. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not like them. And in a lot of ways, many, many ways, I embody the term martial artist way more than these guys who are, quote, unquote, traditional martial artists. How do I know? Because I was the one who woke up early before the seminar and went in the cold, yeah. in the cold plunge, because yeah. the friggin' pool was 40 degrees. I was the one who didn't go to the dinner and went to the hotel gym. Yes. You know what I mean? I'm the one who, like, when lunchtime rolled around, I just got, like, a plate of chicken. And not because I'm better than anybody. It's just because I hold myself to a high fucking personal standard. Total improvement. I hold myself to a high personal standard. And it's a high... It's The standard was set by by my experience in the martial arts. Mm -hmm. And they go hand in hand. Yes. I want to be better on the mat. And I want that to make me better off the mat. I want to be better off the mat so I'm better on the mat. They go hand in hand because Professor Pete and Pete McHugh are the same person. Yes. That's important to me. It is. You don't want to be, uh, what is it, the uh, the masks that they have for... Uh, like the kabuki mask? No, no, no. The goalie mask, actually. No, the, <laughs> uh, what do you call it? It's the ones the happy face, ones the, the yeah. frown face. That, and 95. Yeah. <laughs> God forbid. Uh but no, it's Dude, the, the, uh, the biggest uh insult I can give somebody. I was talking to Mike Weaver about this, man. And uh we were talking about somebody in particular. And I said, you know, the problem is like he's full of shit. Yeah. That guy's full of shit. That's a problem. Because if you're full of shit and I can't trust what you say, I don't know who you are. Yeah. And that is a liability. And yes. In the tribe, if you're full of shit, we don't know who you are, what we can get out of you, and like if you're going to show up or mm-hmm. if you're duplicitous, that is the number one insult and biggest liability you can offer me. So if I say somebody's full of shit, there's not a worse thing I could say about that person. So how does that inform you? You got to be the opposite. You got to be the opposite. Be impeccable with your word. It's one of the four agreements. If you guys didn't read that book, easy read. Be impeccable with your word, right? And it's more than just not lying. Don't be full of shit. And when I say don't be full of shit, I don't just mean tell the truth. Yeah. I mean like your actions. Like how? Like walk the walk Walk your you know walk your talk or whatever. Talk your walk. All of it. (laughs) Yeah. All of it. You you can't when you're expected to rely on somebody that's one of the most unreliable people. You can't do it. There's, just, there's some icky about somebody being full of shit. It, it, Look at this uh, this full of shit crypto guy. Wasn't Sam Bakeman freed? <laughs> yes. That's like the... Why are people so fascinated by that? Because at the same time, there's this Indian mogul who just lost like $100 billion. You know, nobody really gives a shit. But this Sam Bankman freed guy... Yeah. He had this whole fake persona of like yeah. I'm like I'm wearing sweatpants and and fucking sandals and I'm worth eighty billion dollars and I'm just this this really cryptic mysterious nerd. No, you're not. It was all for show. Yeah, it was all fake. Yes, and that's why we get so enraptured by the story because he was duplicitous and he was full of shit. Yes, there's just and like that Theranos woman who was fucking insane. <laughs> She's. That was what crazy. What was her name? I forget her name, but there's been. I was watching. I watched a documentary a on, on her. Good one on that. She th- uh, she like tried to act a, like. Did yeah. you hear her voice? Like, 
she she talked with like this fake voice yeah like this and like she Gabby dressed Garcia. like she dressed yeah <laughs> <laughs> she actor. dressed like steve jobs yes because that was her right and then her her you know uh roommates from college shared like recordings of her talk and she had like a normal girl yes. but then like when she was fake she was completely full, full of shit, of shit. Yes. and we get it we get like enthralled by these stories because there's a part of us i think what the hell do I know, dude? Really? I got a good triangle. That's about it. <laughs> My guillotine's okay. But I think what it is is like, you know, 10,000 years ago when we're living in groups of like 150 to 300 people in a tribe, if you were duplicitous, you, you were, were you were you posed a threat to the safety of yeah. the tribe and you gots to go. Yeah. They talk, uh, uh, Sebastian talks about that in a book. Yeah. Sebastian Young yes. talks about a book. I mean, that so much... So, on the surface, you go, oh, they kicked them out. It's like, no, there's so much more to that. I deep, mean, there's some deep, deep. stuff. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? You're out on your own. It's certain why. death. It's yeah, certain, certain death. death. Certain death. Because the problem now in society, though, is like if you fuck over your tribe and we, we banish you, you just go down the street to strive. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's not, there's not enough consequence, I think, to. Or you bounce from school to school because you're just a big giant piece of shit. Well, that's one way to say it. Big yeah. giant piece of shit. I agree. You know, I mean, I agree. And well, that's what we we're talking about in the advanced class on Saturday. We're doing some really like deep leg locks. And yeah. I was telling him how Ricardo would always tell us the only guys who were really good at finishing leg locks were the douchebags who bounced from school to school. school. Yeah. Why? Because once upon a time when leg locks weren't so prevalent and this in like really safe training environments like ours weren't so so prevalent, you couldn't really get to the a breaking point of a leg lock in a roll without breaking a lot of people's yeah. feet. And what would happen is you would get kicked out of the school, rightfully so, because you're an asshole, and you go to the next place. Same thing. It's not like they would yeah. check your Instagram account. Yeah. They would just, they wouldn't know shit. They would have to check your MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you hurt the next, and then you're bouncing around, bouncing yeah. around. You're, you're just that kind of a douchebag. You're a Ronin, which is, is the, the worst, a masterless samurai. But here, we've managed to hack the whole thing because we've created such a trusting environment, such a cooperative environment where we can be in a hard roll and we can go to the edge of that break and tap and tap. And a big part of it is because we don't, when we know if we tap that you're not gonna make a fucking big deal about it and throw it in my face and try to like dominate me and make me feel like a piece of shit and feel less than, we don't do that kind of stuff. No. There's no like, I mean, we definitely have a packing order and you could probably, every student in, on Saturday morning could probably get a piece of paper and write the packing order out. Yeah. And we don't make you feel like shit for knowing that there's a packing order. No. Where a lot of places back in the day, that's that's kind of how it was. Yeah. Like you shit on the people beneath you and you worship the people above you. We fucking demolished that whole thing. We don't have that. No, we couldn't. We don't have that. We I think could. it's pretty much We could, even. we don't. You have an even playing field for everybody. More or less. Yes. For the it's, most part. But even when it's not, it's all in good fun. Yes. It's done very, there's so much nuance to it and it's done so carefully. I only allow a couple people to step outside my very strict structure. Like Al's a good example. Yeah. Al can make whatever joke he wants because he's earned it. He's got everybody's respect and he knows how to work a crowd without being a dick. Yes. Like he knows how to poke fun at the right person at the right time with the right comment without belittling that person. Yeah. And making them feel like an asshole. There you go. Yeah. And that's, that's key. That's yeah. the whole thing. Nobody wants to go someplace and get ridiculed and put down in public on the public, you know, says and, Pete Langasso. Hey man, <laughs> I, hey. he's literally wiping this shit off his face. <laughs> I get, I give it, I receive it. I That's give thing, it dude. Out. We wouldn't, it's a give and take. And we only poke fun at the people that are like in on it. And yes. The, and like, it's kind of like I was talking in the church key, like the morning guys were all, they just, you know, they berate him. And yeah. every once in a while, like, Kurtas will send around the, the pictures of him when he was, like, real overweight. And, <laughs> and he'll just be like, hey, just thinking of you. And then, like, everybody piles <laughs> yeah. on. And Nachursky's like, and I love it. I love it. Yeah. And it's it, Nachursky gets it. If that wasn't happening, yes, that would indicate he wasn't in on the joke, man. Yes. And, like, you want to be part of the, the, the crowd. You want to be part of the crowd. And it's also that we're checking in with you the yeah. hard way. We were on, Sean and I were on a... Uh, on a text string with uh, Mark Grigo. He's the uh, the kid that we gave the scholarship to yes. uh, last yeah. year. 
and he was talking about so the 17th there's a seminar at mainline united and we'll, we'll be there uh for we to five and uh sean and i are just it's absolutely brutal mark's like dude you guys are just we're just we murder each other i mean full yeah. on we could be in public somewhere like we were at chicken pizza on sunday afternoon murdering each other yeah and full and wife kids it's your love language dude i love that guy to death i'd go to war with him and i'd take a bullet for him any day of the week and that's exactly what it is it is my love language there's there's a lot of nuance to it though it's not you can't just and we all have we all know a couple people who come in and they're like there's there's like (laughs) me and melissa love how i met your mother we've we've watched every great show every episode we've watched 30 times and there's one where where you know Barney, who's played by uh, Doogie Hauser. Yes. Him and Ted like sp- they're best friends, but they and he was his wingman. They split up. So Barney, who's like this womanizer, misogynist, <laughs> like just funny ass guy, he's like hunting for a new wingman, and he brings in this dork from work because he can't find anybody else, <coughs> and and he's giving him hints on how to talk to chicks because yeah. this guy's never talked to a chick in his life, and he's like, well, you gotta first you gotta isolate her from her friends. <laughs> Uh, you got to repeat her name a couple times in conversation and you have to like uh, very subtly like demean her, like put her down to like lower her ego. Or <laughs> so there's this girl like in the bar. He's like, hey, what's your name? She's like, Haley. He's like, Haley, Haley, come here, Haley, Haley, come over here. He's just like pulling her away. <laughs> like, Haley, Haley, you are a fat, ugly whore. <laughs> like, like he, there's no, you need the nuance. It'd yeah. be like if you walked into the academy and Al like made fun of like, I don't any like Paulie Z, yeah, you know, or some anybody, but he'll do it very tactfully, and yes. everybody will get the joke. Paulie will get the joke, and he's in on it. And then some idiot next to him is like, "Hey, you're a stupid fuck." Like they, <laughs> that's not the same. It doesn't hit the same way. Yes, it does not. But luckily, we run a tight ship. Like people get not to really step out of line yeah. until you get the nod. Like yeah. you know when it's okay and when it's not. You I, know it's, what I mean? And I take my class very serious. But we have a smile in my class. Yeah. That's the thing. And, I mean, Sean, Sean Ferg, he was my uki till he got to. Fergie Ferg. Ferg, Ferg. Till, you know, till he left. But he came back over, and he was my uh, uki one night when uh, we had a skeleton crew. And as is the case, I just tore him apart. Yeah. And we smiled the whole time. And it was a joke, and he knows it, and he gets it. And none of it was ill will. I'd be like, okay. So Sean passes my guard. <laughs> You know, stuff, okay, Yeah. let's say, you know, yeah. but it's stuff like that, stuff that you did to me. Yeah. Stuff that it's, I mean, it's usually been, the military guys, it's, it's a, it's different. It's easy. It's different. And again, you said it, it there is, there's that camaraderie. That, that's all part of it. If you yeah. don't have that, you don't have, you don't have that. Right. You know, if you don't have that friendship, that kinship, the fact that you've gone to war with each other, you know. I'll go and try to murder Angelo, and Angelo will try to murder me. And then Angelo, by the way, I was watching him in Bo Barger role the other yeah. night. I was blown away. Yeah, how good he is! He's both really, of them. Yeah. Both of them. Bo's really stepped it up. Bo's doing great, and, and he's Angel's, been training longer than Angelo. Yeah. Angelo was right there with him, but both of them, like they're in this three minute back and forth scramble, but yeah. it was so technical. Yeah. I was really impressed. You know what it looked if like? If Angelo wasn't like four feet tall. I was going to say, it was just like watching two hobbits go at it as they come. <laughs> what is that? When they come out of the, the tree with the cookies? <laughs> they're fighting over the chocolate yeah. chips? Yeah, it was just like that. It was just like that. No, but again, you know, I love the guy to death. I'll break his stones relentlessly. He'll give it back to me, and that's yeah. all well and good. But we've established that bond. And I mean... Outside of and it's and we could go back to tribe. We could talk about wherever you want, but if we didn't have this, we wouldn't have that. Dude, so we I see Angelo. Our, our daughters go to the same school, yeah. so I'll see him in the morning. Imagine if that was the only place I knew him. Yeah, and like I was calling him a hobbit, or you know, just like yeah. making fun of him a little bit. How hey, fucking, Bilbo, how, how you doing? weird would that be? <laughs> yes. But the truth is, I wouldn't even say more than hello to him. We would just go about our lives forever yeah. without ever having a real conversation. Where else do you have a better, we would call it a bullshit detector, a truth meter, than on the mat? Nowhere. I mean, the value that you can really find the core value of a person. Well, my on the belief, mat. my belief is that when we're here and we're training, which is the most important aspect, like without the hard training, we're a social club. Yes. But with the hard training, that 
uncovers your true self because we're saying there's like on the mat you and off the mat you when you're here and you're training hard and you're invested in the process and you've given yourself over to it and you're trusting it that's you like i'm seeing you without that mask on yes that's why I'm encouraging you guys so much to be that person outside because I think that's if I see you at Target, that's not really you. I yeah. think you're more guarded. I think you're you're trying to p- portray yourself towards the world in a certain way that mm-hmm. isn't necessarily in, a, in alignment with who you really are. But yes. when you're here and we're done training, we're leaning against the wall, you're going to tell me what you think. You're going to tell me who you really are. Yeah. And you're not going to do that like at the school function when we just dropped our kids off. Yes, Absolutely. It, it, that's the best way to put it. I mean, yeah. it, it really is. And I think that's one of the, th- I mean, look, where else? And we've said, we said this years and years ago. We said it back then. Uh, we say it today. We would never have met. No. We would never have been doing this if we didn't have jujitsu. Dude, if I saw you at Chickies, I probably think you're a douchebag. Who's douche that douchebag? Exactly. Exactly. But then you know who I am. Dude, and spe- you still especially if I've never trained. If I never trained <laughs> yeah. and I saw you at, at Chickies, I'd yeah. be like, that guy's a douchebag. Yes. But luckily, like, jujitsu's given me so much more compassion. Yeah. Jujitsu and fatherhood. Now, when I see people and, like, they're an, even if they're Kinda an give asshole, the benefit of doubt. well, even if they're an asshole, and a lot of people are assholes because life is hard and yeah. they're suffering and all these things, it's just really easy for me to, to stop, take a breath, and be like, God damn, that person's life must be hard. Yeah. They probably got a bed. Yeah. And even if it looks like they have it easy, they got a bunch of dough, good job, good family, they still have to live in their own misery of being them. Yeah. Like, if you're an asshole, you got to live in your own pile of shit. And yeah. I feel bad for you. I genuinely do. I interviewed, it just, I got off the call as I parked. So I had to interview this uh, this guy, Justin, for his school. That uh, It's a former Gracie Baja school and that whatever. But they're going to be a We Defy school. Man, positive energy, good talk. We were going back and forth. You would not known that since December and in, happening this afternoon, his seven-month-old son is about to have his fifth open-heart surgery. Oh, my God. And just talking to the guy, just positive energy, positive flow, everything about it. I mean, you want to talk about the, what a really good dude this is. Yeah. Openly, obviously, loves his child to death. Just from the conversation we had, but just didn't didn't go. He was like, "I need to get this because I have a guy that I think I want to. I want him to be a scholarship recipient. Yeah, he's going to be a scholarship recipient." When he could have easily said, "Screw it, I don't want to talk to you. We'll talk to you later on." Yeah, that's character. He owns and, a lot of himself. Yes, one hundred percent. And you know, he's a great guy. It seemed like we we had a great conversation and. You know, something like that. You think about the how how I've seen people that their children, in, you know, whatever the kid could have a simple ailment or whatever, all they're an asshole to everybody around them because yeah. they're pissed off about their child. And you can't even fault them for it. No, you can't. But if you've been through situations where you're like this guy is like one of his black belts at, at the school is a Bellator fighter too, and he they go to war all the time. They have a different view of things. Mm-hmm. So your lens your lens changes when you go through battles on a daily basis on the mat. And you realize Absolutely. that the battles off the mat, even when your child is going through hell, it could be a hell of a lot worse. And there, you should be taking the positive out of this thing. And, and that, I think that's what happens to so many of us. Once you go through this, I don't know, this baptism through jujitsu is your view of everything changes. You know, the simple thing is when I'm driving down the street, I'm not trying to, you know, flip people off. I say, hey, how you doing? Have a good day. Whatever it is, your lens of life and your perspective, of everything changes. That in itself is provides so much value to what we do here on the mat. Yeah. You know, the I mean, I could very easily be in a bad spot right now, but I'm not because I have the lens. I have the lens. My clarity is just beyond I just see things differently and I try you know I could look at everything in a very negative light I don't I try to keep it positive I look at the positive light the things I can impact people it'll make me feel better it, you know and make everybody else feel better and then you're bringing light my lens has changed yeah and it's just where would I be without this lens 
And I think once you see, you can't unsee. Exactly. Like you can't go back in the cave. No. However, that's like the overarching, like like you've seen the light, so to speak, yeah. and like you can't unsee it. Yeah. So that's so valuable. It is valuable. And then the other side of that, though, is you do have to continue to cultivate. You have to give yourself to the light, too. Yeah. You kind of have to turn yourself like, over to the process. And the skills associated with yep. it, like your your ability, your self-control and your grit and yeah. your, all these things, you have to continue to cultivate that. But once you see, you can't unsee. No. That's no. why it's so easy to come back. Just come back. We had a guy last night. Uh, I was telling you. So he's comes, signs up. He took the, I, we're sitting in here. I said, you trained before. He's like, you could tell? I go, yeah, I could tell you the way he moved. I could mm-hmm. just tell you the way he did certain things. I could tell you the way he did an UPA. You, you trained before. Nobody comes in their first class really and gets the UPA when we say one. Yeah. Doesn't happen that way. And we started talking. He goes, well, I'm a two-stripe white belt. I'm like, do you have your belt still? He goes, yeah, I'm not going to wear the stripes. I go, nobody can take those stripes away from you. You earn those stripes. You put them on, you come in. You don't have to train live if you don't want to. You earn those stripes. You can't take it away from no. you. You can step away for three years. You still have those two stripes on your belt. They're not going anywhere. Right. So, and I and I tried to point that out to him. You know, look, you've been through fires. You're you have that. You know, you have the calluses. They're not going anywhere, dude. Well, it's different than a callus because the callus will go. They will go, go away. away. And I, I guess it's probably it's more like. And I'm not a military guy, yeah. but say like you deploy, yeah, and you get like a patch on your uniform. Yeah. Do they do that? Patches, ribbons, yeah, metal, something yeah, like, that. like that. And then you don't deploy for like three or four years, and you, they don't take that off. No, that's yours. You forever. could get. How about this? You could get. We'll say like a. Because guys come in all the time. They're like, "Yeah, I earned my blue belt. I earned my brown belt. I yeah. won't go back." Whoa. Yes. No. 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 no so you earned I it. get it. Like yep. it'd be nice to go back to kindergarten. <clears throat> But you don't get to. Yes. So first off, you earned it. And secondly, you have a responsibility. Yes. Weighty as it might be, you have a responsibility. We're going to just re-earn that belt. Like you're going to just build yourself back up. I had, a, I had a guy I knew when I was in the Navy. He had a Navy commendation medal, right? And I forget how he got it. It was so long ago. But he was like a E5. I'm like, dude, E5. He goes, yeah, drunk driving. I was an E6 or maybe it was an E7. He got busted down. They busted him down two ranks for a a DUI accident in a military vehicle, I think it was. And, but he still had his Navy commendation medal. He just didn't have the rank. You earn that. You, whatever you did, you earn that, you know? Try not to get DUI in a, you know. Well, we also, one of the things we love saying is you're going to get your belt, man. Yeah. And whether you wear it with shame or with pride is up to you. Yes. You better put in the work. You got to put it in the work. Nobody wants to be a paper tiger. No. No. Nope. All right, dude, I got to bounce. Yes, me too. I, guess um, I, I probably won't have this out for tonight, but we have Garrett Lavaggi coming in tonight. Can't wait. Which, ah, oh, damn, I'm excited, man. I've been trying to get him in here forever. Well, he, he's I've been wanting to get him in yeah. forever. Um, awesome guy. Nicest guy in the whole world. And his style of jiu-jitsu is so goddamn exciting. It's exciting and fun, man. One, I put up the the um, post that we're having him in, and one of his students messaged me. He was like, oh, it's my professor. I was like, he's a beast. He's the man. He's like, yeah, you just got to give him some uh, NyQuil before you roll so he doesn't stop moving so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's yeah. just got that game. It's like. I can remember seeing him at uh, Fight to Win, and I think I introduced myself. We had, you know, all the guys under Ricardo and the other schools were all kind of like friends on uh, Facebook and so forth. Yeah. And I was watching his match, and man, what an exciting. His, from the feet, his obvious wrestling like, oh, back. His wrestling's awesome. It's unbelievable. He and just I, doesn't stop. And we man. went back, if we were going back and forth, I was like, man, I go, Professor, that was awesome. Yeah. That was just super technical. And it might have been the picture you had where he had the guy up in the air. Yeah. Unbelievable. He's awesome. And, oh. you know, I, I'm happy to finally be able to hopefully spend some time on it tonight because awesome. he's just a great guy, man. It's going to be packed. Hell yeah. Can't wait. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good one.